Welcome to Think Again with L. Nathan Hare, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. If you would like to participate on today's program, call now, 803-1520. That's 803-1520. All right, here we go. Think again. Think again. Welcome to our Top of Discussion program, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Western New York, still fighting the war on poverty, now in our 54th year. Each week, we talk to you about issues, events, and trends affecting you right here and right now in Buffalo and the Western New York community, and in fact, connecting to communities all across the country. I'm your host, L. Nathan Hare, President and CEO of the Community Action Organization. Make us a part of your Saturday every Saturday at ESPN 1520 AM on your dial from 11 o'clock to 12 noon each week. Now, today's program is live, so you can call in. You can join our discussion. I hope that you will. Our number here again is 803-1520. That's 803-1520. And, of course, we had, I thought, the most interesting of the various debates uh, in the Democratic primary contest uh, that we've had so far uh, uh, this this uh, election season, it it was really dramatic in terms of the uh, the fire, <clears throat> the um, the pointedness, and so on. So I want to talk uh, today about the debate and the issues that surfaced in the course of the debate, and invite your participation in exploring uh, that topic. The Nevada debate brought some serious fireworks as the Democrats uh, who have been in the race for many months reacted to Mike Bloomberg's uh, by a position in in the primary campaign. Bloomberg seemed to be beset by a few problems. First, the idea of plopping down a plutocrat into the middle of an existing campaign with no context other than I'm better than Donald Trump seems to have left many Democrats under underwhelmed. I guess that's the best way I could put it. Uh, second, Bloomberg seemed unprepared to respond to charges that he had that he had to know were going to be leveled against him, including sexual misconduct charges by word or by deed, covered up with non-disclosure agreements. Third, uh, and, and that's not even talking about the stop and frisk and the redlining. We'll talk about that as we go along. Uh, third, Bloomberg tried to intimate that he was the New Yorker who thought that stop and frisk had gotten out of hand and that he reduced the practice by 95 percent. It is true that stop and frisk as a policy had gotten out of hand. It is true that the stop and fr- stop and frisk reduced uh, to about 5 percent of what it had been at its, at its peak. That's true. But it's not true that Mike Bloomberg is the one who decided to do that. The reality is that the courts uh, found the practice of stop and frisk as being done in New York City was unconstitutional, that it violated equal treatment before the law. Bloomberg is on record less than five years ago justifying putting all of the police into black and Hispanic uh, communities on the basis that that's where the criminals are. That's that's what Bloomberg said. Uh, fourth, Bloomberg has justified redlining uh, neighborhoods, keeping black and brown people residentially confined uh, largely to low-income neighborhoods. Uh, Elizabeth Warren seemed to gain uh, significant traction using Mike Bloomberg as her, her foil. She really jumped on him. Uh, Bloomberg is on record referring to women And I'm not quite sure I understood what this reference meant, but he referred to women as fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. 
Now, I, what population of people were you talking to where that would become, even if that was a joke, you know, who were you talking to? Why, why would that be something that people would have, it would have resonated with anybody? I, I didn't understand that at all. So maybe somebody in the audience who understands contemporary uh, uh, idioms can help me. Maybe, maybe I'm just too old to understand what they were talking about. <laughs> right. Um, but Bloomberg seems to be willing to continue to try to connect his campaign with uh, Barack Obama. What I find interesting is Joe Biden claims to object to Bloomberg doing that. But why isn't Joe Biden using footage of him and Obama together? Is it because Biden is afraid that he will lose some of his working class, so-called working class swing uh, uh, voters translated working class or or, or white working class voters if they see him being uh, too chummy with this black president. Uh, The debate did not seem to focus on the unconstitutional use of Trump's authority to fire the attorney general to halt and uh, or to use the intimation of fire, the, the possible firing of the attorney general to halt and stifle investigations of his allies and friends, not to mention uh, attempting to overturn a sitting judge deter, judge's determination. This is something that I've, I've never seen this, even at the lower levels of court. I've never seen uh, a president actually jumping down the throat of an attorney general, telling the attorney general that he wanted to have a sentencing recommendation reduced and then try to intimidate the judge, you know, by saying disparaging things about the judge in the case. How does that happen and no consequences fall on the president for doing something like that? That just seems like you're crossing a lot of red lines way over the top. Uh, anyway, um, Pete Buttigieg used a, uh, I guess you call it a faux pas, uh, by Amy Klobuchar, who forgot the name of Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, who is the president of uh, Mexico. Well, I mean, that happens. You'll hear me talk, and sometimes I'll misstate somebody's name or I'll pronounce the name wrong or I'm, I'm grabbing, you know, in my memory trying to remember somebody's name. That, that, that happens. Uh, it's not like Donald Trump not knowing, not, 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 not that he didn't remember, not Donald Trump not even knowing that Puerto Rico was a part of the United States not knowing that he was the president of the Virgin Islands. That's way over the top. That in, that's ignorance. Just because she made a mistake, that's not the same thing as ignorance. But Pete Buttigieg made a big, big deal out of that. So listen, I've covered a lot. There's a lot more we could talk about in terms of who the winners and losers were in uh, this debate. It looks like to me, uh, Bernie Sanders came out you know, pretty well. Uh, Elizabeth Warren came out pretty well. But the two of them are seem, seem to be uh, fighting for the same section of votes uh, within the, 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 the Democratic voter stream. That leaves probably, you know, 55 or so percent of the vote that's still out there to be gotten. And, and it, it's to be determined whether or not either Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren can attract people from the middle to their uh, more uh, progressive positions. Uh, I I hope that they can, but that seems to be uh, uh, what's in front of us. So listen, we've got uh, Tony, then we've got John, then we've got Frank. So let me grab Tony first and get our discussion going. Hey, Tony, how are you doing out there? Good morning. Good morning. 
I am disgusted. First of all, that was a horrific debate for the uh, for the Democrats. The only winner in that debate is Donald Trump. <laughs> period. End of story. It was like that, a circular firing squad. <laughs> right. if, if that debate should have been that debate. First of all, they should never have let the, the mayor come in for one thing, and two, they all should have been uh, 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 sending their salvos against Donald Trump. Here's what I have to say to you. And there are very more important things than that debate going on right now. One of the things that Steve Bannon and Donald Trump discussed when he was, even before he was sworn in to be president, was how can we dismantle the agencies of this government? Mm-hmm. That was what they discussed. Yep. This president, like I told you last week, is already dismantling our government. Our in, in 2004, we we had a the director of national intelligence uh, position created. That DNI is in charge of all 17 agencies that handle intelligence. He just fired a, a qualified man because that man had to allow Congress to know. That the what well, we all knew that the Russians are still involved in, right. and that was that was that was Richard Jessel for those that didn't know the uh, this fellow's name. Richard Jessel is the guy you're talking about. Yes, and he was a decorated colonel in the United States Army. Right. That, so he fires this guy to put in a guy that is the ambassador to Germany, who is nothing but a punk. <laughs> and I mean that. He has absolutely no intelligence training background whatsoever. In fact, it's so bad that this guy's going to be an acting director. Do you know how this Trump is destroying our government inside of us? Right. Khrushchev, Khrushchev said that when he came to the United Nations and pounded his shoe on the table and said, you will be destroyed from within. We are being destroyed from yep. within. I don't give a DAM about the debate. I care about what's going on. The president's main job is to keep the nation safe. He's not doing his job. That guy that's going to be the intelligence acting director is also the ambassador to Germany. Did you know that? Yep. He's got to handle both positions. He has no knowledge. And, and how is that working for us? You know, uh, that was uh, well, Mike hey, Mulvaney he's supposed to be doing the Office of Management and Budget and being well, the, the chief of staff. Those, that's not doing yeah, so well either, got, right? He's got split personality. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's two people. Do you realize that all these acting people, because they're acting directors of agencies, don't have to come before the Congress to get confirmed? That's the whole way that Trump Trump figured this out. His lawyers told him that, that you can get around the confirmation process by just appointing acting people, let them serve for a year, year and a quarter or so, fire them. Appoint another acting person, and so on, and you'll never have to be bothered with uh, the, uh, the Senate uh, yeah. uh, approving these uh, th- these constitutional department heads. Yeah. Well, uh, do you re- do you realize that when didn't uh, President Trump withdraw you American troops from Syria? That's what he said. Remember? Right? Yep. And what happened? And, and what happened in Syria when he withdrew is 
Yeah. Uh, the, the Turks came in and they bombed the, the sections that they were under control of the uh, uh, the Kurds. Uh, the Russians came in and they bombed the sections that were under the control of the uh, uh, Assad government. And now we've got millions of people that are uh, uh, literally in refugee camps strung out outside of uh, 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 Syria, Idlib is 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 turned has turned into a uh, 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 bombing terrorist central and so on. I mean, it, this one lady I heard on the radio yesterday said that in the community that her parents are living in, they get uh, 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 mortar attacks every single day, sometimes eight or nine times a day. This is going on in this community. This is what the residue that's been left by. Uh, uh, by, by Trump's decision. And notice the media says almost nothing about Trump, about it. They do mention that there's, you know, this refugee crisis in Syria, but they don't really connect it to Donald Trump and Donald Trump's decisions, that that's what has occurred. So the Russians get a footprint over there. Uh, Assad gets to recover territory that he can place under his, his dictatorial control. Turkey gets to use its dictatorial control to punish the uh, uh, the Kurds and take away their potential uh, homeland, and we just have more and more chaos and more destruction, more lives being destroyed on the scale of millions uh, as a result of Trump's decision. And there's almost no discussion about that in our in our national media. Uh, sorry, let let me go to John first. We'll try to pick up Tony a little bit later. John, how are you doing out there? Good, Nathan. All right. Sorry, uh, I was I was it, ranting a little bit there. <laughs> I, I think what what uh, this is all exposed is the flaws in this government. Uh, there's many. I mean, you look at the electoral college. We've got we got two pre, uh, two uh, elections recently in 2000 2016 where uh, they got the person that won the popular vote didn't lost the, the election. election. Right. Then then the uh, the Senate is is so lopsided to small we just uh, we just heard again i think it was actually 1988 the the republicans have not won a popular vote where they except except in 2004 uh where um they won the presidency but they won the presidency without the popular vote this is right 2004 was where they they did have the popular vote but in no other but race from 1988 the Senate, on. The Senate is, is you've, got, you've got California with 40 million people, and they have two senators, and Wyoming has 600,000 uh, people, and they have two senators. I'm glad you're pointing this like, out. We like, talked about this a few weeks ago. You have... Right, right. And, and you've got a guy like Mitch McConnell who has way too much power. Right. He's got... There's 4 million people in Kentucky, and, and uh, he... he Go back to Obama's administration. He prevent. He says our our main objective is to prevent Obama from getting a second term. Yep. Then he says. Then then he, what he does is he's gotten 500 bills passed by the or close to 500 bills passed by the the House, and and um, uh, 200 of them are bipartisan. And right. they sit at his desk. He has way too much power. He's sitting by and letting Trump do whatever he wants too, uh, and including uh, not allowing witnesses. That I mean, he has way too much power. Yep. This, this government system sucks in a lot of ways. And uh, you take a look at the uh, uh, two-party system. The only two parties that mean anything are the Republican Democrat. Well, who's representing the independents, the working party, the libertarians, the liberals? They're not represented in this. In this, you've got to be a Republican or a Democrat to get elected. Yep. And then. And, and, you know, there's so many other things, like the Supreme Court, they, lifetime 
Um, yeah, the life. That's crazy. Uh, and, I, I just think that there's right, too many you know, and they're the, all being exposed right now by Trump. Right. I mean, there's a logic for the lifetime uh, appointment for, for, for Supreme Court justice because you don't want them to be in a position where they have to be uh, running for a, a, a election every four or six years and so on yeah, because that would, true, that but, would but, politicize but you, them. You create other problems, too, by right. making it a lifetime. Uh, right. like, like what, what McConnell did, not allowing Obama to uh, appoint a Supreme Court justice, I mean, that, that's giving this guy too much power. Right. And, and um, you, know, you know, it's just, and of course, then there's gerrymandering and everything else. It's, it's, there's so many things that, that are, are wrong with the government. But these uh, are right the things now that are being that, exposed by Trump. Right. These are the things that Democrats have to start articulating what the problem is and what would be a rational solution set to those problems. Democrats yeah. have to be talking about that. They should be yeah. attacking Donald but, Trump for being the, the, the ignorant and uh, maniacal, you know, kind of uh, a right. president that he is. They should they should lay that out. And then say, and as a consequence, these are the bad things that are happening. Mitch McConnell, all the things you just described. And then talk about, here's what we could do to stop this from happening in the future so that we can have better popular government uh, in, right. our, in our country. Yeah. We should be, the Democrats should be doing this. Progressive parties or the progressive right. people in this country, they have to carry the water for this. This is not going right. to get done by trusting, you know, the right. media. Just one other thing, uh, Nathan. The, the impeachment process, it's all political. You'll never get rid of a president. And in, in a parliamentary democracy, you can call an election at any time. If, if, a, if, a president, right. if, if the executive is not doing his job, you can call another election. And with impeach, with uh, this system we have, you got, you're stuck with this guy for four years. Yep. Yep. I mean, no I'm sure there are, pro, there are pros and cons about the parliamentary uh, style of government versus the, the Repu Republican uh, style of government that we have. But clearly there is something wrong when somebody can be as corrupt and as dishonorable, as unethical, as dishonest as this president has demonstrated himself to be. And there's no consequence to it. And he just continues to, t to tear up, as Tony was saying, he's tearing up the very infrastructure of the governing uh, uh, processes of the United States and leaving the them in, in tatters. Mitch McConnell. Yep. Yep. So that's the work that's in front of us. We just have to keep talking about it and pushing for it if we want this to get done. Thanks, man. Uh, you want to take our first break, and then we'll get uh, Frank, and then we'll get other John on. So if you all stick with us, we will see you on the side of the break here at Think Again. Think again. Would you like to increase your home's value? Do you want to lower your energy bills? Are you in need of affordable financing for your next home improvement project? The CAO Home Improvement Resource Program can help. Just come to one of their monthly HIRP orientation sessions every first and third Wednesday of the month at two convenient locations. HIRP staff will help identify the resources you need to get financed, and they'll even help you was with completing your application. Now, you won't know what you qualify for until you call. 332-3773. That's 332-3773. Learn about all the home improvement programs you may be eligible for and ask about the affordable financing program that can help turn your house into your dream home. 
Call 332-3773 for more info. It's the Home Improvement Resource Program, restoring value to neighborhoods across Erie County, one house at a time. Brought to you by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Family is big around here. We're family-owned, family-operated, family-managed. And that means legacy. That means dependability. That means using Granger. With over 1.5 million products and knowledgeable product experts, Granger has whatever we need. And with same-day pickup and next-day delivery options, they have it whenever we need it. For over 90 years, businesses like ours have trusted Granger. Because, like family, Granger's got our back. Call, clickgranger.com, or stop by to see for yourself. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All day. Every day, this is Buffalo's home for ESPN Radio. 50,000 Watt, ESPN Just real quickly before I grab Frank, I just need to hit this point. We keep being being told, uh, largely by the the national media, that the uh, culinary union in Nevada is uh, upset that Bernie Sanders' health care proposal would take away something that they've bargained uh, uh, for uh, w- w- through through their union uh, with, with the employers, the culinary em- em- uh, em- uh, uh, employers. In uh, Nevada, I want you to think about that. The culinary workers bar- bargain for their workers to get uh, health insurance paid for by their employers. Well, if you got health insurance paid for by the United States Universal Medicare program, why would that be a less of a, a, a benefit for you as opposed to being? Uh, a better benefit for you? Why would that not? Why would that be something that would upset you? Why would you care? Everybody ends up getting different health insurers because your employer is negotiating with different insurers to get a price that the employer can can live with with that insurer. So you can't be in love with your insurer. You're only in love with your health care provider. So this is a a red herring that is constantly being trotted out and people act like it's something true. And I just find it so disingenuous, not just that, you know, uh, Trump says something like that, but I find it disingenuous that so many people in the media say that without giving it context. But listen, let me get Frank on, then we'll get other John, and then we'll get Kevin on. Frank, how are you doing out there? It's disturbing and confusing. Well... Yep, I got you now. How you doing? Okay. Right. Yeah, it's 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 disturbing and confusing times we live in. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. That's you know, the remind truth. me now. 
I'm getting feedback on my end. Yeah, I, I can hear you clear on my end, but it may be a problem technically with us. A lot of times when we have, you know, sort of moist weather, we get we get a little dissonance in our, our system. But just keep on talking through. Okay. Uh, you know, r- remind me now, Nathan, do we want the Trump tax returns or the Bloomberg tax returns? <laughs> well, Bloomberg and, says and, and, his tax returns are three or 4,000 pages long. You might not have the patience to read all of his tax returns. <laughs> I'll read them. You know, and, what's so interesting they, is when Bloomberg was, th- th- this is what people keep forgetting. When Bloomberg was the mayor of New York, I think it was from 2002 to 2013, something like that, uh, Bloomberg gave his tax returns voluntarily without request. He disclosed his actual tax returns every single year that he was uh, a mayor of New York. Before that time, he wasn't the elected anything, so he didn't have anybody to be giving his uh, tax returns to. And since 2013, he hasn't been elected anything, so he didn't have any reason to be giving his, his tax returns to anybody. But Donald Trump has been out here trying to fake the funk, you know, for all this time, and we still haven't seen tax returns even seven years, anything that happens over seven years ago has a statute of limitations on it. He couldn't be punished for anything that came up in uh, his tax returns in, say, 2010, 2012, 2013. He couldn't be punished for that in the first place. This is just Donald Trump and his forces basically, you know, uh, what's the word? Gaslighting, gaslighting the American public. Well, how, how do we how do we tell one authoritarian billionaire from another? <laughs> Honestly, Nathan, all these spoiled ivory tower money hoarding elites look alike to me. You know. Well, I gotta tell you, Frank, when uh, Michael had his shot, he got the first set of questions from Lester Holt, and Michael looked like. Why are you all talking to me like this? I'm Michael Bloomberg. (laughs) Why are you all asking me these questions? You should just, just, I'm better than Donald Trump. And he didn't have any real substantive answers to what was being asked of him, you know, by that panel. So I'm with you, Frank. You know, why are we, just because somebody has accumulated a lot of money, and may be a very gifted person as a business person, that doesn't mean that they're ready for prime time to run the, the, the United States. Well, I guess we'd have to be present at one of those elite cocktail parties, <laughs> you know, where, where we can see uh, where the MSNBC rich guy groupies such as Dr. Jason Johnson get their anti-Bernie talking points. You, you know, last three years, MSNBC could have reported on, as, as Jason Johnson said, a capitalist system that abuses people. But all the public got was Russia, Russia, Russia. Yep. And, and just to show you how screwed our system is, Assange never lied to the American people, and he's being tortured. And, and, and by the way, I found those Clinton emails very revealing on just how corrupt the DNC and neoliberals really are. You know, they're the numbskulls that lost the 2004, the 2010, the 2014, and the 2016 elections. And, and you, know, you, you know how I know progressive agenda is the way to go? 
in the great Democratic loss of 2014, all the progressive ballot measures won by huge margins, even in the GOP red straight stronghold. And Frank, you know, I think the minimum wage. Well, I think what you're speaking marijuana, right. reverse in income inequality, right. save the environment, stop the wars, and get get the money out of our politics. We're yep. all polling above sixty yep. percent. And you know, if we can't win an election with a majority of the people on our side, you know, then somebody needs to check those voting machines. We got to do some kind of checking. But what you're speaking to now, I think, is what we should be rallying around. Let's not rally around being Republicans or Democrats or whatever kind of crap, you know, people are talking about. Let's rally about what seems to be in the best interest of the American people and the very issues that you talked about. Those are the things that we should be focused on, not whether you're this kind of a a party or that kind of a party. But are you focusing? Are you somebody who's going to help us get done the things that need to happen for us, you know, as a uh, community of Americans? I think that's exactly uh, right on. So thanks, Frank. I got to run. I got to grab some more. Thank you, brother. Talk to you soon. Uh, Is it other John? Yeah. Let me get other John in Buffalo. Other John, how are you doing out there? Pretty well, Nathan. Pretty well. Great. Before I get started, uh, one quick point. I think that the Donnie and Billy show is all choreographed. <laughs> there is no real difference. There's, there, there's no space between them. I, I agree. I, I agree. I think you're absolutely right. And anyway, I, I want to tell you what I did yesterday uh, when I called uh, Brian Higgins' office. Uh huh. I asked to be put in for consideration as the DNI. Because we have Grinnell, who was utterly, absolutely unqualified, and they they recognize that, and they tried to give the uh, position to a fellow named Doug Collins from Georgia, who was basically a carrot with ears. <laughs> and uh, Doug Collins turned him down, and now they're back to Grinnell. But the problem with Grinnell is he's violated the uh, the law which requires foreign agents to register. Right. So up and down the line, you just have these these this this corruption and unethical uh, uh, people that Donald Trump keeps surfacing and then, you know, moving them around like pieces on a on a chessboard, uh, playing a a loose game with no rules. Because, you know, whenever Donald Trump is playing the game, there's no rules except Donald Trump gets to win. So no matter how the game gets played, he gets to tear the board up and then reshuffle it so that he's winning that common. The, the common factor among all these people is that they're staggeringly incompetent. Yep. But anyway, that's my two cents for this week. All right. Thanks, John. Other John, I appreciate you, man. Can we get Kevin on? Yep. Let me grab Kevin real quick. Kevin in Pendleton, how you doing out there? If you really love your country, you can sing your political party. <laughs> hey, um, that was John in Lockport, right? Who called before the break. And yeah. that was uh, Frank in Niagara Falls. Right. They are speaking the language. Hmm, where did I hear that before? Hmm, these two political parties and where we are today in this country. Oh, yeah, that was something I have been saying all the time, and you never agreed. How come you. Well, Kevin, we all know that you're a Republican. (laughs) Stop playing. Stop playing. You are reading Republican talking points. You study them and you come and you repeat this stuff over and over and over again. You don't listen to anything. You don't accept anything. When, when When you're given facts, you ignore them. 
So, you know, I, I, I let you say what you got to say because that's what I try to okay. do in this program is to, is to give everybody a chance wait, 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 wait. to express their opinions. Wait, wait. But let's stop trying to pretend that you're not somebody who you actually are. We know who you are. You're, you're a Republican. It's okay. Oh, it's legal in the United States to be a Republican. To me, I just realized something. Here's what I realized. Right? What's that? Here's what I realized. Right? I have always been in the outside trying to make a change. <laughs> right? Are you with me? I, I hear you saying that. Okay, wait, wait. I, I don't have to. I don't have to accept that that's true. But I hear you saying it. Join up. I had to join up. End up joining a party to uh-huh. do something. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Now you're with me so far. So you told me for years and years that I have been a Republican. Are you saying that? I don't know how long you've been. I just know that you continue oh, oh, okay, to. Re- I just know that you continue to repeat Republican talking points. And no matter what I say to you that gives you particular specific truths, you don't want to hear anything other than what you already have in your head. As soon as you hear something that doesn't agree with what you believe, then you just go on and start talking about something else and you never settle on an actual point. That's what Republican talking points people do. They don't intend to actually come to a conclusion, a valid conclusion about something. They just want to talk and and, and, and just give their their their, uh, their spin. And that's what you do. And so, okay, that's what you do. I accept it. I'm just asking you, right? Both having both parties alone control our entire electoral process. Is this right? Is this fair? I've asked you this for years, and you jumped around and danced around the issue so much. And no, no, but, but, but well, so let's just take the let's just take the issue straight on, so you can stop you so you can stop saying that, okay? Let's just take let's just take the issue straight on. Let's just answer that question: Is it fair to have the Democratic and the Republican Party become the only vehicles by which somebody can rise to become president of the United States? From my point of view, from my point of view, it's fair. It's fair in the in the sense that over the course of time, only so many people are going to have enough resources to be able to have their voices resonate on a national on a national basis. You can't just you can't appoint people into uh, political parties. You can't just say, well, uh, you're the squirrel party. Uh, You're going to you're going to be. uh, one part of the the national you know party structure uh you're the uh the raccoon party you're going to be another you, you can't you can't do it that way it has to arise from resources that come okay. up by people that are willing to combine their resources to advocate for what they want what you have to do is you have to cobble together two or three or four smaller parties that have right. shared interest and get yes. them to put their uh, uh, resources to negotiate with either negotiate with the uh, uh, a Democrat or the Republican Party or to come together as a coalition of parties, give themselves right. a name so that people know what it is that they're being asked to get behind and then right. fight for that position. But you can't uh-huh. just sit here and say that it's illegal or that it's unethical to have two parties. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, if that was there, there were there weren't two parties when when Lincoln was uh, uh, president. There were a dozen parties when Lincoln was president, right? I mean, this is what this is what drifted or sifted down over the course of the years. But it doesn't stop us from being able to combine with other people at local small party levels to create a larger force that can be done at any time by anybody.
okay, so 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 Al, so if I get you clear here now, so you are saying that if a number of the small, the minor parties all got together and formed a coalition mm-hmm. and formed that third entity to represent the rest of everybody else. I'm talking about everybody else who are neither Democrat nor Republican, right? right? That will be the best thing to do. Are you saying that? I'm not saying it's the best thing to do. I'm saying that that is a thing that people can do. What's best is whatever produces the outcomes that we need for ourselves as a community of people in the United States. That's what's best. So I'm not going with a one-size-fits-all. I am saying that for those people that don't feel they're Democrats, don't feel they're Republicans— but share some common interests, they should get together with other people who also share those common interests, turn themselves into a block, use that block to either negotiate with one of the two bigger parties or become another block in and of themselves. That's the way you have to go forward to get your message out and to Mm -hmm. get people to vote for people like you. Okay. Okay, right. So therefore, I'm saying what I'm saying, Al, you see, maybe he's a little misunderstanding, maybe because I have an accent. But this is what I'm saying, in that there's a great block of people who feel disenfranchised, right? Yeah. Right? Because they are neither Democrat, they are neither Republican, okay? Mm-hmm. All right? And they feel that there should be a, a, a third entity to represent But what if that third entity that, that that you talk about what if the pe- what if the people what if the people who don't like Democrats or Republicans also don't like the third entity well, well, Then what about those people it. Well we have to well, I'm just picking up on what you are saying there in the sense that listen you may have your differences but you have one thing in common you find that you not getting that representation, okay? You're not getting the opportunity to make sure that this electoral process is fair to represent. So, so I, I, I hear you, Kevin. I hear you, Kevin. What I guess I'm just trying to say, we, we, we have to move on, but I'm trying to help everybody to understand that there is no this way is the way for everybody to get the 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 kind of representation that they want everybody has to figure out what is most likely to give me the most of what i want to see occur and they have to get behind that thing you can't have a purist attitude you have to get behind something that gives you a good chunk of what you want that's the way you have to move i've grown up in this country in a time when there was apartheid in this country and I still had to vote. I still had to pick somebody to vote uh, to vote for. So I had to sift through who was being made available. And I had to uh, uh, organize around those people that I thought gave me the most of what it was that I felt was important. Even though I might not have liked those people, I still had to do it that way because this is the democracy that we have. It's not the democracy that people may think they want. It's a democracy that we have. And so you have to work it this way. You have to work over time in order to get closer to what it is that you want. That's what has happened in this country. That's why we're a better country now than we were 70 years ago. We're a better country and uh, 50 years before that than we were 70 years ago. That's the reality. Kevin, I got to run. 
Uh, let's take our break, and then we'll grab, uh, was it Chris and then Ron? Okay. Uh, so if you all stick with us, we will send us out of the break here at Think Again. Think again. Would you like to increase your home's value? Do you want to lower your energy bills? Are you in need of affordable financing for your next home improvement project? The CAO Home Improvement Resource Program can help. Just come to one of their monthly HIRP orientation sessions every first and third Wednesday of the month at two convenient locations. HIRP staff will help identify the resources you need to get financed, and they'll even help you with completing your application. Now, you won't know what you qualify for until you call. 332-3773. That's 332-3773. Learn about all the home improvement programs you may be eligible for and ask about the affordable financing program that can help turn your house into your dream home. Call 332-3773 for more info. It's the Home Improvement Resource Program, restoring value to neighborhoods across Erie County, one house at a time. Brought to you by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. What would you like to be better at? Dancing. Poker. Yoga. According to a study, CVS customers are better than most at something important, staying on prescriptions, which tends to make you healthier. So get a free prescription savings review and try home delivery today. Because of the things you could be better at, staying healthy tops them all. Treat yourself well at CVS. Savings vary. Not all patients are prescriptions eligible for savings or delivery. Ask your pharmacist or visit cvs.com pharmacy for details. Bill, Susan, you guys look amazing. What's the secret? Our new Sleep Number 360 smart bed. He chooses the comfort on his side, I choose mine. We feel great. Can it help keep you asleep? Yes, it senses our movements and adjusts to keep us both comfortable all night. Wow. I don't think it's a secret anymore. Don't miss the final days to save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed. Plus special financing. And Sunday. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. All day, every day. This is Buffalo's home for ESPN Radio. 50,000 watt ESPN 1520. So we're just talking over the break. The only way I think that we could really get to a lattice where, where you could have a third-party candidate really have a chance to win is if you eliminated the Electoral College. The Electoral College is structured in such a way that institutions within states create the, uh, electoral, the access to becoming an elector on the Electoral College, and then the rules that govern the Electoral College make it possible that uh, a candidate who doesn't win uh, a majority of the popular vote can still win the presidency. We've seen that happen many times since 1988. And so if you really want to go down that road, then you're going to have to go down the road of fighting to get an elimination of the Electoral College to create the possibility that the only people who can become president of the United States are the persons who actually win the popular vote. I think that's the way you got to go. But let me grab Chris and Chitawaga, then we'll grab Ron, and then we'll grab Donnie. Chris, how you doing out there? Good to hear from you. I'm under evaluation. I'm not sure how I'm doing. <laughs> under evaluation? You're not a coronavirus person, are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to point out that um, I could be president, 
and have a wonderful economy the way Donald Trump does if I were allowed to add $1 trillion to the deficit. <laughs> Anybody can do that. There you go. That's now, true. President Obama did not hand him a mess, like he says. Yep. He had a stable economy, and he was reducing the deficit. But you don't hear that. Absolutely. And I'd like to have the Democrats emphasize that more. And don't you find it interesting that the Democrats whine about Michael Bloomberg uh, trumpeting his relationship with uh, Barack Obama, which, you know, I don't know if it was a relationship, but they, they were on a campaign to do something in New York. And Barack Obama got together with him and they did commercials. And he's just taking pieces of those commercials, which he owns, and he's using them for his own advantage. But why do the Democrats complain about that? And yet the Democrats don't put themselves in those same kind of commercials. I mean, they were they were here when Barack Obama was the president. Why why don't they take images of Barack Obama as president of the United States and attach themselves to that to to, to those image those images? It, it seems to me that the Democrats want to have it both ways. They want to inhabit the legacy of Barack Obama and simultaneously not attach themselves to it personally so that whoever the fan club is of, of uh, Donald Trump won't react too negatively towards these Democratic candidates. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. I'd just like to add, I don't think Kevin can sing. <laughs> you know I was just being polite when I said that. <laughs> He's not selling any records, Chris. You're no. absolutely right. He's his day job. <laughs> or his night job. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. I appreciate you. Let's get Ron on, then we'll get Donnie on. Ron, how are you doing out there? Oh, not too bad. Baseball starts today. The Yankees playing uh, their first uh, exhibition game. Ex exhibition season, right, because they don't start playing their first game until April 1st, right? Well, yeah, the regular, regular. This is yep. exhibition down in George Steinbrenner Park in uh, Florida there down in uh, – anyway. So um, if you're talking about this issue of two-party system here mm – -hmm. um, Whoops, hello? Yep, I got you. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I heard some odd like, echo coming back here. Anyway, oh, okay. Um, oh, my it's confusing. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, there's some feedback that we're getting. I think it's on our equipment, though. Okay. Let me see if I can ignore it. Um, the point about having just a two-party system, well, we've got state laws all over the, the, the that make it very difficult for third parties to form. Uh, I think in New York State, even even a liberal or so-called liberal state like New York, the Democrats and Republicans are not going to, you know, they've got it set up so that even if they let districts go blank for a few years, you know, without running anybody, they they can, uh, uh, they're not going to be kicked off the party if, 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 uh, if uh, they don't run a candidate in like a district for six or seven years, they can come right back because they're a state-established party. Whereas if you're a small party trying to get started, if you can't field a candidate, I think it's every four years, you're taken off the ballot or something. Right. Your party is taken off the ballot, yeah. right. So, and even thing. then, you have to get a certain number of votes. So if you're in a just a county race, you have to get a certain number of votes in that county race. But if you're talking about being a representative statewide, even if you're the conservative party, the conservative party would have to get a certain number of votes in a gubernatorial election in order to continue to be uh, listed 
uh, as right. a uh, standing party that you could vote for. They'd have to be a write-in person if they didn't get those. Yeah, and well, you, you, what happens to it makes it harder because it takes a lot of money. You have to then, say you get decertified, you've got to then go back out and get petitions and, right. you know, everything like that. And that that's a lot of money that, that nowadays. And, and, of course, they, what they say, too, is that one of the things we had that was not illegal up until 1947, is we had at the, at the local level and some of the state level, we had proportional representation. In other words, the state could say, here's a district, and depending upon what percentage of what votes, you could have, like, uh, uh, say the Democrats got 50% of the vote. They, they, you could assign, say, they would get three representatives in that district for, like, a county level, and maybe the Republicans got uh, 30%, so they'd get two. Maybe mm-hmm. a Socialist Party got Twenty uh, percent, so they get one. So you could have they, that was legal in in uh, the United States until 1947, where the Congress passed a law that said you can't do that. So you know that's really the issue. The two party system, the Democrats and the Republicans, came together and decided what was going to be in the best interest of preserving the interest of the two party system. The status quo, right? Right. Uh, and uh, of course the. The creme de la creme of things, you've got to get big money out of politics somehow. Uh, if you don't do that, then you're never, ever going to get the kind of change you need to, to make to reestablish some sort of democratic system. And uh, if you listen to Tom Hartman, he's always talking about uh, the, uh, the two big Supreme Court decisions, 1976, Buckley, and 1978, first uh, Bank of Boston, which basically said it's, it's legal to buy a politician. I mean, if you're a billionaire in 1976, you can, you can, you can just spend as much money pretty much as you want uh, on a candidate. And in 78, it says corporations can do that. And then, of course, that was the icing on the cake for that was the, for the Citizens United and McCutcheon, yep. basically, uh, that uh, all the PACs can pretty much uh, are unlimited so, so what they can do. So that's, if, if you don't end that, then you're never going to get the kind of change you need. People somehow have to realize that that, that is the issue, that, that to, to, change, to make this fundamental change, to have a multi-party system, you first have to get big money out of politics. And, of course, you can see what happens with the Michael Bloomberg case. Here's a guy who gave you no reason why he was running whatsoever other than he just, I'm better than Donald Trump. And he put 420 or $430 million on the table in advertising and immediately went to 15 to 20% of the, uh, uh, of the polling. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing about that, they, they, somebody had said he's got it set up. He's worth supposedly $56 billion, and he makes $2 billion a year in pure profit off of that 56 So he's, he's just begun to spend money if right. he really wants to do it. Right. I mean, you know, see, he could, if 420, he could still spend three times that. I mean, it's just so amazing, but it just shows you because we've allowed money to have such a, I mean, Citizens United literally said that money was free speech. What rationale, who are the Supreme Court justices who made the rationale that money and free speech were the same thing? Well, and and the big thing, remember what that means, and I have to explain this to people, because most people are getting so dumbed down, they don't understand the a syllogism, okay? Okay, if money is the exact equivalent, spending of money is the exact equivalent of free speech, and if the First Amendment guarantees free speech, what does that say? If you have that as the the law, then the more money you have, the more free speech you are constitutionally entitled to, and that is plain sick. That just doesn't make an ounce of sense. No, it just it, seems it, so anti-American. It, 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 
You shouldn't even have to argue that issue. How does how, how did we get a Supreme Court that would think something like that? It's just it's just mind-boggling, you know, and uh, and people don't understand that. When you got to explain that, they the, these court decisions have given the rich literally more constitutional free speech than everybody else. And this is only going to get worse. Yes. You know, you're just going to have Sheldon Adelson and you know the the Cook brothers and and those kind of people are going to be the ones that are going to run the country because nobody else is going to be able to do it. We're going to be no different than when you had the feudal landlords, you know, in Europe, and then whoever were the strongest of the feudal landlords, they became the king, and and they stayed king until somebody else amassed enough money. And and what are you you seeing? Just one final thing here. What are you seeing as a result of that? Uh, uh, Who did Trump pardon, amongst other people's? Michael Milken? Mike Milken. My God, the, the grand bizarre billions of dollars from people's <laughs> junk bonds. And the thing that's so funny that is Michael Milken is still giving away, you know, five, ten, fifteen million dollars a year to charities that he chooses uh, as he's teaching at some university uh, uh, here in the United States. He's still giving away dollars from the money that he amassed from his thefts. So yep. stealing really worked out for 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 Michael Milken, right? Now he gets pardoned anyway, so yep, I don't yep. know. To me, I, I just this is the this is the result, ultimate result of an aristocratic based political system. So Yeah. All, All right. right. Let me run, man. I gotta get Donnie on. I think I have another call that's coming on behind him. Let me get Donnie on first. Donnie, how are you doing out there? Yeah, I'm good. Hi I'm good. All um, right. What's I going a, on? I have a question I have a question about Bloomberg. And the, and the, the cadre of um, candidates we got here, how is it a guy like Michael Bloomberg, and from his Hebrew background, would support the idea of stop and frisk? And you got this continuous colonial mentality, and they think it's okay. And he knows this, but he, he pushes it. He was a uh, mayor for three times in New York City, and the, the Democrats need to, uh, to boot, uh, uh, boot him out of there because we don't need no more of that. We got that from Clinton, uh, Hillary Clinton. Calling people, uh, uh, what do you call it, predatory uh, right. males or something she, like right, that. Right, right, exactly. And, 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 and she, she called like, them predators. Never, right, super predators, is, I think is the word she yeah, used. Yeah, super predators. We can't, we can't escape 1865 in this country for some reason. They want to keep going back and making up things as they go. Then we got this guy, the incumbent in here. He says anything to anybody. I said, I've never, I never seen a president. Even, even Truman had to tone it down. Because a lot of things he couldn't even say on the radio, they had to censor it. That man was a vicious man yep. in his own right. Yep. But somehow it's, it's fashionable. I don't, I don't get it. That's what Donald Trump has released in this country. Ever since, I shouldn't say Donald Trump, that's what the emergence of Barack Obama has unleashed in this country. These people are the reaction to Barack Obama becoming president of the United States. If Barack Obama had not become president, you wouldn't see all of this surfacing of this, you know, Tea Partiness, this, uh, you know, uh, 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 white working class, you know, American, you know, uh, 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 ideation, you know, and so on. None of that would be going on right now. That stuff would be under the surface. It would not be on the table. It got on the table because once Barack Obama got elected, it became okay for people to react in this visceral way against his election and not hide it 
as they have done in the past. So that's that's the world that we're in, and we're going to have to work our way through this world. We can't whine about it. We just have to work our way through it. I hear that. Yep. All right, got to run. I got to get one more call on. Let me get Tony real quick. I know we cut him off for something in our technical stuff here. Tony, how are you doing out there? Yeah, uh, very well. But you were forget- I wanted to bring up well, that this morning writers have said that Russia and Syria are attacking the Turkish troops in Syria. Yeah. What yep. that means is under NATO, Turkey is part of NATO. Yep. We may be asked the United States to come to their assistance. So we have to come to Turkey's assistance, and Turkey right. is fighting it's NATO. <laughs> right. It's a NATO partner. Right. Exactly. Right. The thing is, on Tuesday the 18th, a guy named Peltz, who was milk and stooge, had the reception for the president. The cost of a pair for life and her husband was $586,000. They would net $10 million dollars in, in cash. Phelps, who was Milken's friend and assistant, asked to ask the president to uh, pardon Milken that night. Next day, who got the pardon? Milken. Yeah, that was 500 Can you imagine having $586,000 for a couple to go to a reception at Phelps' wow. house? Wow. And, and then ask the president and you know, you know, Milken's forces have been putting money out there for a very long period of time, uh, yep. trying to get Milken's uh, uh, a sentence to be commuted or for him yep. to be outright pardoned. This has been going yep. on for quite a while. Thanks. All thank right. You. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. Thank you for bringing that up. And thank you all out there for continue to support us. Hopefully we're making good sense and we're surfacing the kinds of issues that you all want to see talked about. We will see you all next week here at Think Again. Think again. been listening to Think Again with L. Nathan Hare, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. Be sure to tune in again next week at this same time for more Think Again.